Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate this guy even more joining me, Billy Embody. Rob Lanier, head coach, SMU basketball. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How's everything been since the season's ended? Uh, Busy, uh, but in a good way. You know, we've uh, had a lot of work to do, and and, uh, we started workouts last week, which is great. The guys have been engaged, and... uh, you know, I feel a little bit more grounded in this uh, recruiting cycle with this spring. We've got a lot of work to do, but I feel like we're positioned to uh, to to really find the things that we need. Yeah, I, I think about three days ago last year, you were just getting to Dallas and, you know, having to build that roster on the fly. What's it like having the amount of lead up and time to now approach the transfer portal, approach recruiting and all of those things? you know, coming off the season. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, when I got here last year, actually yesterday was the anniversary of the press conference. Uh, I got a text from Rick Hart uh, alerting me of of the, you know, the anniversary, Um, putting the staff together, getting to know the guys and then trying to fill as many as eight scholarships. Um, I think we got lucky in that uh, we added some talent, um, but we didn't bring in any toxic energy into the program. And so sometimes when you're operating in such a short window, uh, you might miss on some uh, things that you need on the court, but you really can't afford to miss on character and bring bad energy into your program. And, and so we didn't do that. And as a result of that, um, we certainly didn't win as much as we'd like to, but we do feel like the needle continued to move in the right direction. And we laid the foundation that we had set out to lay because we had great character in the program. And so now we're recruiting to that culture. So on top of having a full cycle um, with our new staff members, with our new landscape, uh, with our new roster, uh, we can uh, we can go into this recruiting uh, uh period with both headlights on. You you mentioned the season. Take a second, if you can, and just kind of look back and what you learned about your team, maybe some of the areas that you throughout the season identified and and are even prioritizing even maybe more so than you thought in now building next year's roster. Yeah, no, no surprises in terms of what we're looking for. I mean, we knew when we didn't, we didn't sign a true point guard that that was going to be a need that we would have the next opportunity we got. Um, And so throughout the course of the year, we knew that we were going to have to coach around that. And, um, and so, uh, and in doing so, I thought Jalen Smith's development as a more complete player, Zurich's development inside of a significant role, um, he's grown as a player. So uh, we, uh, so we learn a lot about, our personnel, 
But we knew what our needs were going to be uh, throughout the year, even though we've seen guys improve and grow. Um, uh, we knew and we've been working towards it, you know, throughout the year. Our needs were obvious to us. And we've got six scholarships to work with. So we've got an opportunity to uh, to make some dramatic improvements. When you navigate the transfer portal in, in this window and this uh, just accelerated process, process, how hard is it to find the right fits from a character perspective and then also upgrade the talent of the roster? Well, I don't think that part is that difficult when you've got the time because you generally with these guys, you have a real sample size of who they are. Um, and the character references on who they are as a person, what their work habits are, and uh, and in many cases, the production at the college level, you're getting information that you don't always get when you're recruiting high school guys. But as we're recruiting th this class, which will be mostly uh, portal generated, um, we've got a lot of time to spend with the class of 2024 with high school guys. And now we get a longer cycle to really learn uh, all of the important aspects and characteristics of, of the, the high school kids that we want to recruit. You mentioned the 2024 class, always a lot of talent in the Dallas area. Um, as you've been able to bring guys onto campus, what's the feedback you guys have gotten in, in terms of recruiting the area and, and just kind of the, the overall mindset of recruiting Dallas and, and Texas? Yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, certainly uh, there's so many people in the area who know the tradition here and, and the quality of the institution and the quality of the basketball program and the potential of the basketball program. I think for us, one of the things that was an important aspect of my experience in college basketball is I've been at the University of several big states. And as a result of that, um, I understand the, uh, the intricacies and the delicate nature with which you have to make decisions about who you offer, who you bring in. Um, and, and sometimes getting someone just because they're from the area can work against you. So when you do keep guys home in basketball, you have to make sure that you're getting guys that are going to have a great experience because they fit what it is you're doing and what your needs are. The worst thing you can do is keep unhappy guys home and they take that energy back into the community because uh, when you're only dealing with 13 guys uh, and the way the game is now, if a guy's not playing, um, if, he's, if, if he doesn't feel like uh, the vision that you conveyed to him fits the experience that he's having, then your name can be mud in the community. And so I think you have to be deliberate and make sure that you've examined situations to the best of your ability to make sure you're getting people that fit who you are and what you do. And, and so in the class of 24, we've identified guys who, uh, who we feel that way about. And um, we feel confident that those relationships are strong. Zurich Phelps announced you know, before the season even ended that he was returning. What does that say about him to shut down any sort of, idea that he might not return. I saw Sam Samuel Williamson also, uh, you know, told John Rothstein he's coming back to have the guys like that coming back and being proactive about it. Um, 
you know, just what does it say about them and how excited are you to have them back on the roster? Well, it says they're happy. Um, you know, these are guys who love the game, who are competitive, that certainly weren't satisfied with the results of the year, but uh, but that they want to get it done and they want to get it done here. Um, so uh, that is exciting. Uh, it also means that, we, that we've got good relationships. Uh, those guys with our staff and with their teammates, it, it speaks to uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier. The energy inside the program is positive. And there's a difference between being disappointed and being discouraged. We were disappointed in a lot of the outcomes, but we were never discouraged about where we're headed. Um, we're going to the same place that we had set out to go to. We're not, we hadn't got there as fast as we would like, but, uh, but you and I are both old enough to know that things don't always work out exactly on the time that you have set. But as long as you know you're moving in that direction, it's a good thing. And I think that's the message I take from those guys making it clear that they want to be back. What were some of those areas that you know really stuck out to you as far as maybe being disappointed and and kind of how how things went on the floor this year? Um, you know, just kind of overall as you're continuing to you know instill your culture and still your that you was know. my wife in the background, Bill. <laughs> well, tell her love for us. <laughs> what were uh, what were some of the areas that you were maybe disappointed um, with on the floor that maybe didn't necessarily meet your expectations and, and the areas that you're really kind of honing in on with the guys returning that you want to see improvement uh, from? Yeah, defense. I mean, we, we, we were a poor defensive team. We weren't tough enough. And uh, we've got to we've got to get better in those areas. Um, you can address some of that in recruiting. You know, there's certain characteristics that you want some of the players that you sign to bring to the table. And then and, and in some of those areas, you need the guys you have coming back to take the next step. Um, shooting is always important. We got to get better there, uh, especially free throws. Um, but shooting is critical. Uh, we we got to get better at shooting the basketball. But but the, the, the toughness and defensive area, I, I think, across the board, uh, that's an area where we've got to see a dramatic change when you watch us play next year. We can get better offensively and we'll be more talented and, and that stuff. Um, and then and then I would think skill-wise, you know, we, we need to improve our guard play. You know, we, we need more skill. I, I got spoiled before I got here having three – um, ball handling, decision making guards that were all double digit guys, and 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 now uh, between Zurich and Jalen, I think we'll be improved in that area. And then we need to add to the backcourt. You know, I, I want to have a deep, talented, skilled group of guards. Uh, those that start and come off the bench, we need to improve in that regard. And, and uh, so that that's a real focus for us. You, you mentioned bringing in you know more talent at the guard position you've had some guys on campus. I know you can't talk about them. What do you identify as key traits that you want to see out of your guards when it comes to uh, what they can bring to your team? Um, well, some of it is a feeling, you know, I played the point. Um, I wasn't a great player, but I was a point guard and uh, I could handle the ball and I knew where everyone was supposed to be on the floor. And I commanded that they do their job. And, I want that presence uh, from one of my ball handlers to, to a certain 
synergy that I want to have with the guy who's got the ball in his hands a lot. And um, so that, that, that that's critical. But I, I do not want to do that at the expense of the ability to score the ball. Um, I want all the perimeter guys out there to be a threat and to play with aggression and to be able to do that in, uh, in harmony with other guys, you know? Um, so I, I think, I think we can find that. Um, and, uh, I like the relationships we have that we're building and, um, uh, the interest that we've attracted. And, um, so I, I think we're in a good position. I also like, I think it should be noted because we're talking about Jalen and Sam and Zurich, those guys, uh, interest in recruiting has really been interesting to me. Uh, the active role that they want to play. And it's neat because one of the things I say in recruiting when I'm talking to prospects is I'm not going to say anything to you in your home that I wouldn't feel comfortable saying in front of my team. So if I'm telling you, you're going to have a chance to come in and start, then I should be able to stand up in front of the group and say that in front of the group, that this guy who's on a visit, I'm expecting him to come in and have a chance to start. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, I'm willing to communicate in that way. And the interest, again, that Zurich and Sam and Jalen, they want to be involved in recruiting because they want to win. And they trust us enough to know that we're bringing guys to the table that can help us move forward. But no one's coming in to save us. Our current group of guys have to get better and the new guys have to come in and join them and help us. But we're not looking for any saviors. That is an encouraging sign. What did you see from your team on the floor that you were encouraged by in a big way this with this uh, this year on the court? What did you see that encouraged you? Well, you heard this because you've been in the post games. Um, there's a, a connectedness that we developed over the course of the year that was really encouraging because – I mean, the, some of the disappointments that stick out, you know, at Hawaii in the championship game, that, that shot that went in, um, the the uh, uh, Wichita State game up by six with a minute and 18 seconds left, front end of a one and one. We miss the free throw. We take a, a charge. We get back to the line again. We miss again. We lose the game in overtime. And two days later, we're practicing as if we're on a 10-game winning streak. There's a, there's a chemistry and a camaraderie inside of the group that uh, would lend itself to Zurich and Sam and the rest of the guys uh, wanting to contribute to our recruiting efforts um, that I think gives us a platform for growth. And I think we can make dramatic improvements because of that if we add the right pieces because I made a point earlier that uh, we didn't bring in any toxic energy. So it's more critical that we don't do that now. In the front court, uh, you lose F.A., you lose Frank. I mean, two vets who've been been around a lot of college basketball. Uh, some of your returners, Mo, uh, Keon, what are you excited about with those guys? And what is the what some of your thoughts on, uh, you know, bringing in more uh, talent in the front court as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged about the guys that we're involved with, but I'm also encouraged by those guys that you mentioned, along with uh, Xavier and the way he's worked this offseason, because this will be his first offseason. 
you know, he, he, this time last year, he was just getting a screw removed from his foot and he didn't, he wasn't allowed to do anything until September. And he was just behind as it relates to college basketball. He really hasn't played very much at all. He learned a little bit going through the year, but I think this off season is going to be a big period of growth for him. Um, Mo had a stretch of about three weeks where I thought he was going to be our starting five man. And he hurt his foot. He was out for 10, 12 days. And when he came back, he got sick and had to miss more time. And he never quite recovered. And during the time when he was trying to recover and get back into the space that he had entered when he was practicing so well, F.A. had really taking command of the five spot and Keon had started to give us some quality minutes. And so I, when you saw us against Cincinnati, you saw some glimpses of what, what Mo was doing before he hurt his foot during the year. And Keon had some flashes throughout the year that shows what he's capable of doing. And those guys are hard workers. So I, I really expect dramatic improvement from both of them. And then we're going to bring somebody in that's going to challenge them both which should uh, elevate their growth even more. You, you mentioned Xavier. He is one of those guys as a seven-footer and, and so talented as he is. What was his demeanor like throughout this process? I'm sure it was difficult to go through, and obviously he's just been through a lot the last couple of years. Yeah, you know what? I, with, with everything he's experienced, I think it was great for him to feel like he was a part of something that people cared about him, that, uh, you know, he, he he really felt like he was a part of the team. And if you watched our bench, you saw as talented as he is, because he might be the most talented guy in the program, but he's a good teammate and he was really pulling for his teammates. He was animated over there. He was never pouting or sulking about his role. Um, I really, he's a unique individual with a unique personality and in our program, I think he finally feels he's in a place where he's allowed to be himself. He wants to fix cars. Um, he's got some unique interests. He's got a unique personality. And he's not being judged. He's a good young man who's got a lot of growing up to do. And we like that challenge because we love him. And so as a result, uh, I think he's in a space now where he can really dive into basketball and explore the possibilities that his talent suggests he he could have, and um, I think I think it's a, he's in a good part of his journey. With, with SMU, the university, there's a lot of buzz around maybe what might happen in the future with it, and I'm not going to ask you about that uh, as far as where you guys play your college basketball games. But with that buzz, what is it like recruiting to SMU? There's you know a good bit of you know NIL. Uh, potential and, and involvement with the university, it seems like as well. I mean, what is the whole package like when you're selling it to uh, some of these guys to come in? Yeah. You know, uh, the, the commitment is, is there, you know, I think one of the things is when we talk to people, it's obvious that SMU is committed to high caliber athletics across the board. And so we're the bit, we're one of the beneficiaries of that. And Obviously, you know, the possibilities that that lie ahead are certainly well uh, documented right now. And there's a lot of anticipation. 
surrounding that. And, and, and along with that comes uh, reciprocated interests, um, conditional reciprocated interests. You know, like um, if those possibilities come to fruition, there's a there's a, another pool of of young people that that have a different kind of interest because um, you mentioned it earlier. There's so much talent in the Metroplex, and it and SMU provides a particular option. And uh, and and should things change, that option, it, it becomes another type of option that uh, you know I could stay home and still get to do this um, is is intriguing for some people. So uh, and at the same time, without that option, there, there's enough interest to still uh, uh, fulfill the goals that we have for the program. Well, Coach, you've been great. Thanks so much for all of your time that uh, you've given us today. We really, really appreciate it. We're excited to see where uh, the program goes. And, of course, uh, best of luck on the recruiting trail in this wild time uh, for you and your staff, I'm sure. Thanks. And my wife says goodbye, okay? <laughs> there he is. Coach Lanier, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we appreciate his time. Have a good one, Coach. All right. Thanks, Bill. There he is, Rob Lanier. Uh, on his way out, uh, spending some time with the family there. Uh, so appreciate him for jumping on board with us on the On the Pony Express podcast. Uh, we continue uh, the podcast, though. We're not done just yet. We're going to talk a little SMU spring football. We did meet with Rhett Lashley after practice on Thursday, just before we caught up with Coach Lanier there. Uh, and he gave a lot of updates. So wanted to bring those to you guys. If you haven't watched on our channel, the full press conference interview with Rhett Lashley. Please check it out. Uh, it is on our YouTube channel. We are under 125 subscribers away from 1,000 on our YouTube channel. So please hit that subscribe button. Help us get to 1,000. We'd really appreciate it. Rhett Lashley did meet with us. He did say Hyron White, who's been absent uh, the last two practices now. Good news for him. He's a father. He became a dad over the weekend. So He's been taking some time to uh, address that part of his life now, and I'm sure it's exciting times for Hyron, who uh, is now back home to play his final season of college eligibility. So the big right tackle will be out there at some point um, once he kind of gets settled in. It's not going to be something that really keeps him out too much longer from what we gathered. Um, but with that, P.J. Williams, the highly touted Texas A&M transfer, has been out there practicing uh, with SMU, been able to you know, watch him work in at right tackle. And uh, I, I think it's something where you really like uh, him getting that opportunity to work in, as you see some uh, practice clips here that, that we've got going. But, um, you know, he, he really has done a nice job uh, coming in at right tackle, getting those extra reps. I think that's important for him. Uh, it's something where he's going to be able to, uh, you know, get better uh, development, uh, in his time with those extra reps, which is important um, to obviously his long-term potential because he did just play one year of uh, college football at Texas A&M before heading to SMU uh, in the transfer portal. So the anticipation is there for P.J. Williams. He's getting those valuable right tackle reps. Uh, Kiki Burns and Jahari Rogers, you can add them to the list of guys focusing on academics. The uh, Kiki Burns is a linebacker. Jahari Rogers is a corner. Both haven't really practice much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jahari Rogers kind of looks like he's uh, he's been a part of the group that's been kind of sitting out and observing like he's recovering from injury. And now since spring break is kind of come and gone, 
we haven't really seen him out there. So both of them are focused on academics. Kiki Burns is really a couple months away from graduating from what Rhett Lashley said. So we'll see kind of where things go from there, but uh, hoping for the best for those guys to uh, obviously pick up that SMU degree. Um, he did address Kamar Wheaton, Teddy Knox returning to the team. He said they showed enough progress to earn that right to be back on the practice field. So they still have some things to do, but uh, those guys are back out there and they're excited about that. Jalen Samuels, the defensive end, uh, big tall guy uh, that SMU has been missing off the edge. He continues to be um, in a situation where they're they're kind of awaiting to see what happens with his violation of team rules um, and how he uh, can potentially continue at SMU. So not really much of an update from Rhett Lashley there on Jalen Samuels. His status remains unchanged. Um, as far as other housekeeping notes from our time with Rhett Lashley, uh, he really you know, praised Preston Stone and what he's been able to do as far as stepping in as a leader. And he hasn't necessarily changed how he goes about his business, but he's you know just continued to elevate that part of his, um, you know, leadership skill uh, and it is his team now at the quarterback position so he was happy to see that uh, we did talk a little bit more with him uh, about um, Ahmad Moses stepping up at the safety position and how he's come along uh, that whole group is really uh, and Rhett Lashley reiterated what we've heard earlier this spring it's a group that now has guys that can be interchangeable and you can mix it up and get different guys on the field at different times. And I think that's been a really big key for that position group. And he added that he's been pleasantly surprised with the cornerback position. Charles Woods has missed some time. He said it's a lingering concussion uh, from earlier this spring. So it's something where he should be back soonish uh, from what he told us, but he praised what he did before obviously dealing with that concussion and just overall the cornerback room, Jalen Davis, Robinson, Kavaris Hall, um, Chris Meganson, you have a bunch of different guys out there, AJ Davis, uh, challenging for that starting job. And that was the position group he identified when asked, you know, which group have you been pleasantly surprised with? And, uh, he ran it down and, and, uh, you know, called out the corner group as the one that's really stepped up to him. Um, we did get a chance to talk with LJ Johnson and Ahmad Moses. So be sure to check out those interviews on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Ahmad Moses, uh, really just one of the good guys on the team. I mean, to talk with, I was at his national signing day ceremony. Um, and you could tell he was happy about staying home, but now fast forward just a little over a year and he's played a lot at the back end of the year. He played on special teams all throughout the year. You could tell he's becoming more vocal back there. That was the big thing they wanted to work on with him. And he had an interception pick six today in practice. He's had multiple interceptions throughout practice I think you've got to label him as a guy that isn't being talked about enough when it comes to uh, what he can bring to the table. And, and so I, I really like where they're at with Ahmad Moses um, and then LJ Johnson. You know, he just praised this offense that he's in now. And really, he left AM, you know, just said it was, wasn't the culture fit that he was looking for. He's now in a much more explosive, quicker tempo offense. So uh, he's more comfortable. He's looked the part over the last couple of weeks um, and, and really has come on, you know, Jalen Knighton has really been explosive and Rhett Lashley touched on that as well. But um, LJ Johnson, the way he's developed over the last couple of weeks and started making more and more big plays, that's been critical um, for SMU throughout the spring. So uh, those are guys that 
the coaching staff are really excited about both of them um, and what they can bring to the table for this team. And, and look, I mean, you try to um, look at what they're, what they're going to have uh, when it comes to the running back room. And we mentioned, obviously, Kamar Wheaton returning, which is a good thing for SMU, no doubt about it. Um, but also, you know, he's somebody that doesn't need to necessarily shoulder the load as much anymore because uh, of these guys like Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson and Velton Gardner. Those guys have all stepped up in a big way this spring. And I think that's important uh, to note uh, when, you know, talking about the potential for this running back room is it's not necessarily a group that you now feel like, okay, um, he's got to be this guy that uh, SMU needs to give the ball to 20 times, you know, 20 times a game. Um, we don't know what Tyler Levine's going to look like, but they do have Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson, which with those guys on board now, I mean, that just remakes this running back room. We've seen their explosiveness. We've seen uh, how they've been able to make big plays. Jalen Knighton caught a check down today. And I mean, we, this was past the filming point of it, so you won't see the highlight of it. But man, he made uh, a defender look silly. And he was kind of penned in when he caught it. It was a tight area. Um, and he just made a little, you know, move and, and he was able to get out and, uh, you know, really make a, a big play in the team period for SMU. So I liked what uh, I've seen all spring from Jalen Knighton. We've been very high on him. He's somebody that SMU uh, really is excited about um, when it comes to what they're going to get out of him. Uh, and then I think Keyshawn Smith had one of his better practices. Uh, he had a really nice route. Um, on Chris Meganson, a, a good throw by Kevin Henry Jennings today. Uh, and he was able to also get some uh, opportunities in one-on-ones. Uh, he's just starting to flash a little bit more. So I think as he continues to develop, that gives you that guy opposite of Jordan Curley, who's been terrific all spring, um, that you can kind of count on. And also, Moochie Dixon. Uh, he had a terrific day of practice today. He was able to uh, haul in a, a nice deep ball from Preston Stone uh, at the end of practice, towards the end of practice. Um, and he's been able to uh, start really making some plays more and more. Um, as you see some of the practice film we've got rolling here, um, you should see a, a highlight reel catch here uh, in a second by uh, Keyshawn Smith. The practice highlights are up on our uh, YouTube page. A lot, lot more of that um, on there uh, that you can check out on our YouTube channel. But there's the catch right there. Um, they're saying it's out of bounds, but uh, kind of the lines get a little blurred there on SMU's uh, practice field at times. But look, I, I think when you look at this wide receiver room, you've got to like what you've seen so far. Um, they have the talent. They have the athleticism. I think top to bottom, it's a more athletic group. Um, and so really been impressed with the uh, wide receivers in spring practice. Um couple other notes. Chris Adamora had a nice pass breakup in practice, and I think he's among those guys that you've got to continue to look at at the linebacker room and say, all right, he's starting to show why they moved him down to linebacker. Jaquandis Burns, um, he had an interception on Tuesday. Uh, he had a, a nice uh, pass breakup earlier today as well. Um, I, I'm starting to get higher and higher on what the linebacker room uh, can bring to the table, which is a good thing because that was the position group. I think, I mean, tight end, there's only so much they can do 
with the guys that they have on the roster. And we've seen, you know, Nolan Matthews Harris come on a little bit, but the linebacker room was the biggest question mark on this team um, because they brought in some guys, they had guys returning. Uh, and the question was how quickly can Ahmad Walker get reacclimated? Alex Kilgore, what would he look like, like as a freshman, Chris Adamora? How would he look with the position change? Jaquandus Burns, how would you be uh, as maybe more of a guy that needs to step up and lead that group? I've been impressed with the linebackers um, and and continue to uh, be impressed by them. So um, that is about it on uh, some of the SMU practice takeaways. I will add SMU had a trio of big time targets on campus. Be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Just $10 a month. Jump on board. You get all the recruiting info. There's been a lot of that lately, as well as practice reports, insider details, all of those things. So be sure to check out OnThePonyExpress.com and subscribe. We appreciate all you guys who have already done that, as well as those who have clicked subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you can't subscribe to the site, at least hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. So with that, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Rob Lanier. Got some other interviews in the works as well for the future. Starting to plan out uh, some of our uh, content after spring ball ends. So excited about that. Um, lots and lots to come on the On the Pony Express podcast. So appreciate all you guys for listening. Have a great weekend um, and enjoy it. Um, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.